Previously on Algoa FM Breakfast. All right, it's Thursday. It's time for hashtag Own Your Life. Now, speaking during a virtual panel on vaccine equity at the World Economic Forum, Michael Ryan, the executive director for the World Health Organization's Emergencies Program, stressed that we are leaving huge swathes of the world behind. And Africa's CDC director, John Gekasong, echoed Ryan's statement, saying that there's no reason for Africa to be lagging behind other continents. He said, what we've seen over the last two years is really a total collapse of global cooperation and solidarity. This morning, we're joined by Candice Sehoma, who currently works at Doctors Without Borders as an access campaign advocacy officer, uh, where she works towards the adoption of policies, laws and practices that safeguard public health. Candice, good morning, and thank you so much for joining us on I'll Go FM Breakfast. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Morning, Candice. Candice, uh, start. To start off, um, at the beginning, what exactly is vaccine inequality? So as I was saying that, you know, we've seen these disparities, um, um, particularly looking at, you know, the number of vaccinated people in high-income countries compared to uh, the states in, in Africa and low- and low-income countries. It's quite appalling. And that's due to, you know, um, practices, um, as you mentioned, there's very little solidarity from high-income countries to ensure that there's, equitable access to these vaccines, especially in hindsight of the fact that, you know, even in Africa, we have our health workers in some parts of, of the continent who are not even vaccinated. But yet we have um, countries in high-income I mean, high countries already going for booster shots, you know, um, um, and who have already bought um, vaccines in high, in, like in, in high numbers, um, in numbers that they don't even need, you know. So I think that that's a show and a tell of a lack of solidarity and, and you know a show of nationalism to some extent, which is completely unacceptable. But actually, that's how things have been going in our public health system. It's quite an equitable um, health system, and you know these are the, the symptoms of of, the, of that system. Can, Candice, where are we sitting uh, at as South Africans compared to the likes of uh, the states and Europe with regards to access uh, to vaccines? Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the whole situation in Africa entirely, it's quite, it's not a very um, encouraging one. It's not a very good site. I mean, if you look at the numbers, South Africa might be better off in terms of um, vaccine access if we were to compare it to other um, African countries. But still, I think it is still a high need. And, you know, it took us quite a while for us to actually even get to a point where we have these vaccines in numbers. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, we have still um, um, countries in the in the in the continent that still lack vaccines. And um, I think it's it's quite important also just stressing the fact that we need to be in a position where we're able to to um, to manufacture and vaccines for ourselves, especially going into the phase that you know some countries might be doing booster shots. The WHO might be recommending booster shots. It's very important that we have um, access to these vaccines to ensure that there is you know, um, that we're able to cater and cover what is needed on the ground. So, Candice, you mentioned that it's important for us to manufacture our own vaccines in South Africa. Um, yes, this would be a great mitigator, I'm sure, and also something that closes the gap, you know, in as far um, as the disparity is concerned. But what what major policy shifts are needed um, to be able to enable this? 
Yeah, as, as I mentioned that, you know, it's, it's quite an important thing that we should go into self-reliance as African states, as South Africa. Um, however, there needs to be shift in policies and laws um, that are currently, you know, kind of protecting pharmaceutical, kind of protecting high-income countries to go on with these, um, you know, um, sort of nationalistic ways of doing things. Um, one of the ways that we, or one of the propositions that we have made to the World Trade Organization as South Africa and India is that we need a trips waiver. The current sort of system kind of protects pharmaceuticals and what we say that we need a waiver on patent um, on COVID-19 medical products to ensure that there is a transfer of technology to local manufacturers, capable ma- manufacturers who are able to produce these vaccines, diagnostics, as well as therapeutics. So there needs to be a shift in the policies and, and the current position is to have, you know, um, a waiver on all the patents to ensure collaboration and the transfer of technology to local um, capable manufacturers. Okay, so, I mean, we have a very clear situation analysis. We know what the story is. And we also have a possible um, solution or remedy for the situation. What kind of time frame would it take for us to get to a place where, you know, we, we are moving towards a more equitable situation? And also, is it, in fact, possible? Do you see it as something that could realistically happen? Yes, and I think, you know, this the this particular trips waiver is something that is proposed over a year now. And unfortunately, there are countries that high-income countries have already bought these vaccines in numbers are currently blocking this waiver and currently blocking low- and middle-income countries from producing for themselves. And what it would take is them, I mean, supporting this trips waiver. And as I say, in South Africa, we know we have a local manufacturing or rather local pharmaceutical industry that makes um, medicine, that makes um, vaccine, that makes diagnostics. So it would really take them, you know, supporting this waiver. And, and I don't think it's something, if, and I think it, it's something that, I mean, also using an example of um, a, a current manufacturer in South Africa that makes vaccines. If in the, in the, in the event that Moderna, which is the, one of the vaccines, that the mRNA vaccines that we use, um, if they were to share their technology with a local manufacturer, it would take about a year for us to be able to purchase those vaccines compared to what it's taking now where we are literally, with a company in South Africa, literally re-engineering the Moderna vaccine, which is probably going to take them three years to re-engineer do clinical trials and then eventually put the vaccine in the market. So just to give you, a, in terms of timelines, if there was a sharing of this technology, if there was a passing of the strips waiver, it would take us a year for us to be able to manufacture that. But now, because it's not there, it's literally going to take us something about three to five years to be able to do that and put the vaccine in the market. Candice currently works at Doctors Without Borders as an access campaign advocacy officer, where she works towards the adoption of policies, laws and practices that safeguard public health. Candice, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Cheers. Bye-bye. Algoa FM Breakfast is the business.